Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. That was good, wasn't it? It was too good. How do we follow <laughs> something like that? We can't. Should we finish it now? Th- right, Happy then. Christmas, everybody. See you later in the new year. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding, folks. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the beautifully glazed mince pie that is Robert Wilson. And with me, I have the mince pie wrapper covered in dog vomit that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Christmas in Ambridge, folks, is you. This week's excellent Dumpty Dum, which is entitled Festive Jazz at the Bull, features uh, the extreme talents of Matthew Stone. Lucy, if any of our listeners think they can beat that or they want <laughs> to uh, be a caller in how can they do that? If you would like to leave us your thoughts, a Dumpty Dumber plot prediction, or give someone a hug while they're covered in your grandfather's feces, leave us a message <laughs> on SpeakPipe via DumptyDum.com or call us on 0203 031 3105. Uh, this week, we need to thank Shambridge for her amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts from whom we hear later, except we don't, Cosmo for his episode roundups. And Derek, the loan in the back bedroom, uh, Derek is very pleased with his gift from Auntie Cardboard, which was a drone. He was flying it around West Sussex as he wanted to get some drone footage of aeroplanes. But it was weird because every time he sent it up, all the planes stopped. Anyway, he's very determined, so I'm sure he'll keep it up for weeks. My friend was delayed because of that drone. Oh. He, he was flying back from across the Atlantic and he had to land in Cardiff. 
Yeah. I've got a, a friend with absolutely no money. She's 21. She's in her first job. She's come back from skiing and she lives in East London and they've sent her to Edinburgh. And, oh. she's now got, and it's going to cost her about 300 quid to get back from Edinburgh to London and all the trains are stuffed because it's Christmas weekend. So that is the traditional train stuffing weekend, isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, I, aren't, aren't the airline going to pay for that? I don't know. I don't think they know what the deal is yet, but they've arrested two people, haven't they? Yes. And uh, by the end of this show, they might arrest two more people. Who knows? <laughs> you and me. Yes, I think no, they should find the people. And then before they take any sort of form of formal justice, they should just shut them in a room with a load of people who've missed their holiday. <laughs> just for 20 minutes. That should do it. Yeah. 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 Poetic justice. Yes. I guess absolutely. that would be. On this week's show, we have calls from Sarah, from Paul, Witherspoon and Andrew. But first... You better brace yourselves because it's Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. We began the week with Brian and Fitzbrian wittering on about the fact that they are now homeless. Rory had a bright idea. Do you want me to look on the internet? Oh, that is a good idea, said Brian, (laughs) because so far all I've been doing is knocking on people's doors and saying, can I live with you? And lots of people have said no, surprisingly. Anyway, it was all sorted out, apart from the fact that obviously they're just not going to leave a home farm at all, by the fact that the Kemp brothers from Spandau Ballet have said they can live with them. (laughs) <laughs> Rory and Ben, the posh Beavis and Butthead, were sniggering away about Lily shagging Sir, so that's going to be a riot around the Brooker's lunch table. As if the fact that Truss is going to be sat next to the man that dobbed him in as a pedo to his employers isn't going to be fun enough. <laughs> Jill, mind you don't choke on that sixpence, love. Roy spent the day with a power jet in his hand shouting, odd slab, at various members <laughs> of the village as they sauntered past. Unless that's his pet name for Tom, who was hoping to escape Hannah's nocturnal assaults on his person by moving into Willow Cottage. I'd forgotten there was a Willow Cottage. I'd forgotten there was a Willow Cottage. But to be honest, I'm starting to think of Ambridge like Hogwarts now, with bits appearing and disappearing at will. For a start, Lower Loxley's a stately home with no spare bedroom, and the kitchen at Brookfield must be like some sort of baronial hall, as at last count they had 475,000 people coming for lunch. That is a lot of sprouts. Over at Bridge Farm, Natasha was still confounding the archers with her entirely normal behaviour. She's brought us Christmas presents! hissed Pat, at Christmas. Normally what the Bridge Farm clan do at Christmas is give each other funny-shaped carrots as presents and then read out sentences and you have to guess which business plan it came from. Pat went completely batshit and started opening everyone's presents hysterically. (laughs) Helen found her knee-deep in wrapping paper. I'm giving her that crappy old bracelet you gave me, shouted Pat. That'll have to do. I'd only got her a bath bomb. Well, I've got her a real bomb, said Helen quietly. Helen was already in a mood as everyone had refused to look at her photos of French cows, which are like English cows, but crosser. Over at Lower Loxley, Lily was rushing around on roller skates with a broom up her bum, while Russ whined that no one was giving his cod gratin any attention, and Elizabeth slept soundly on table six in the orangery. Russ woke her up to carry her into the car and drove her to Underwoods, where she had a panic attack brought on by his fondling of three-speed kettles. Fortunately, (laughs) as human Mogadon, he was able to calm her back down, and she was soon snoring in the boot of the car again. Eddie's entire week was spent trying to persuade someone to empty his portaloo. 
Justin couldn't tell because mm-hmm. he had to discuss Brexit planning, which is in essence the same thing, making a load <laughs> of shit someone else's responsibility. <laughs> and the best Christmas news of all Christmas news, Emma finally got her deposit, but it wasn't exactly what she was expecting. It was a welly <laughs> full of shit. There's a Christmas metaphor right there. Aid fussed about her ineffectually with a wet wipe until she managed to spit out what she'd inadvertently swallowed and told him that they'd got their own house. I have nothing funny to say about this. It was just really, really nice. What bemused me this week was how the dumpty 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 dump moment was not Ed and Emma getting a new house, but the loss of a pretend arse from a barn. (laughs) They're having a laugh with the no one cares cliffhangers with the Canterbury Tales. They really are. Linda can't get a cast. Oh, yes, she can. They'll never learn their lines. Oh, yes, they will. We can't do it in the barn. Oh, yes, we can, etc., etc. And the final indignity, we can't go on without the arse. You know other soaps get unexpected births, tearful separations and surprise engagements at Christmas. What do we get? A foam arse made out of a G-cut bra has gone missing from a Welsh dresser whose door won't shut. It is ludicrous and we wouldn't have it any other way. The end. <laughs> How festive! Oh, <laughs> do you know what I, I was just thinking as you were mentioning the uh, the false ass? Mm-hmm. And Harrison's supposed to wear, it, isn't it? I reckon he's going to show his real derriere. No, mm, on he's the radio. Wow, yes. that's shocking. It's quite a thought, isn't it? There'll be calls. There will. <laughs> People will do be you getting really out think their green biros. I don't know. Well, let's 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 tweet the man and ask him to send us a picture. Because hang on, was it Harrison's? Yes, it is, isn't it? It's, it but yeah. it's crusty something to do with it, isn't she? Because she calls it our ass, our our glutes, or something. Yeah, because they're, they're in even... the same. They're in the same. They're in the Miller's Tale together, aren't they? Oh. Or the Lover's Tale, right? Good and, lord. And uh, yes, I think she's going to um, uh, get his ass out. Okay. That's, that's my plot prediction for Christmas. Okay. That's the only one I've got. The other interesting thing this week is, did you know, every, practically every week we come on and we talk about these mirroring storylines. Yeah. And yet again, we have one which is Brian uh, and Jenny having to move out of their house. Yeah. And Ed, Ed and, Emma. and Emma getting a new house. Yay. I was mm. so happy about that. I really was. Uh, it was lovely. Yeah, and especially because it poo-poos every one of our caller inners who said, oh, they'll never get the house. Yeah. It's, Can we not talk about oh. poo-poo, please? I'm still a bit <laughs> perturbed after that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I could smell that, couldn't you? I, I, mean, know, oh. was, hor- I was thinking, don't hug her. That's revolting. She's probably got <laughs> bloody cholera by now. Just just get her under <laughs> some sort of Dettol shower. Jesus. I know. I was I was hoping that Eddie would actually hose her down in the yard, but um I just love the way Eddie shouted chocks away before she ended up with a face full of shit. (laughs) Oh, they did point out that it was only from her belly button to her toe, so it was only on her (laughs) lower portions. That's bad enough, frankly. Yeah. And the fact that it's Joe's as well just adds to (laughs) adds to the whole disgustingness of the whole thing. Oh dear. Oh, dear. Oh, I did. Actually, I, I actually enjoyed It's an Odd Slab. because yeah. <laughs> I think we should have um, we should have T-shirts made with It's an Odd Slab. And then he really lost it with Brian, didn't he? But I say, <laughs> yeah. I say, Roy, you missed a bit. It's a different <laughs> Galen Slab! 
You must have been. But he oh, must have been out there for about two and a half hours with that flipping jet wash. The amount of people that wandered past it. All right, Roy, you've missed that well, one. Maybe you should have popped round and, and jet washed Emma down. I mean, that, that would have yes, been Yes, that would have been a good idea, yes. I've, have you ever used it... a jet wash? Yes, I have. They're very, um, they're quite intoxicating Jetty, things. You you, you, you start mean? off you start off jet washing the thing you're supposed to be jet washing, and then yes, uh, you start the, like you know, else. and then, then you start thinking, what happens if I do the fence? Yes. What happens? Mm. If, and then it was when I found myself looking thoughtfully at the cat that I thought, <laughs> no, turn it off, Lucy. My son was jet washing the tree and 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 saying it makes the leaves fall off. I was going, yes, don't jet wash the poor tree, and you know, it's very. What kind just, have you got? Have you got a carpenter? Yes. Yellow ones, yeah. I have. Mm. Anyway, in next week's <laughs> episode of Jet Week, Jet Moth Monthly. <laughs> oh, I had a plot prediction and it's gone. Oh. Bloody hell. I'm going to have to who read my own about? monologue. I can't remember, can I? Oh. If I knew who it was about, I'd All remember right. the flipping plot, plot. Oh, I know. Yes, I've got it. Go Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. You know that house that's empty, the Kemp's' house? Yeah. The Kemp's who we've never heard of, and then we're expected to go, oh, the Kemp's are moving. Oh, that's what's mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, Beavis and Butthead are going to get hold of a bottle, a box of uh, Brian's wine, and they're going to have New Year's Eve in there. They're going to break in. Okay. Yep. Before Brian and Jenny. Yes, because they're not moving until uh, the third or fourth or something, and then mm. they won't be able to move in because... Because they'll have trashed it. They'll have trashed it. Okay. Well, that that's that's very very festive of you to <laughs> <laughs> ruin someone else's bloody New Year. <laughs> Why can't we have? I think we should, we need to come up with with more positive, warm, pink, fluffy plot predictions because we're okay. just courting disaster here. We're we're in love with with misery, and I'm I'm well. It is Christmas. Determined. Mm-hmm. Determined uh-huh. to to have a more positive outlook as far as Ambridge is concerned for 2019. I'm no, not sure I'm this not, is I'm the podcast for you. I was going to say you might have to resign at once. <laughs> You're on the it. wrong podcast. <laughs> um, why was mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I if I coughed and missed a bit, but why was Rory and Ben? Why were Rory and Ben uh, so intent on sorting the bar now? What do they? Why were they being so nice? I don't know. He said something, because Rory said something like, uh, you get something back or something. No good turn goes unrewarded or something like that. Yeah. But I couldn't understand what the what it was he was expecting to get back. I don't know either. Because huh. it's not that, like teenagers that to do something nice, is it? <laughs> no, absolutely. Not without, you know. No. Um. Could someone that listened please ring in and explain that to Robart and I? Because clearly we don't know. No, we haven't got a clue. No. At all. No. The other thing that uh, I think we, uh, we, we're we all looking forward to is, as you pointed out, Christmas at the ever-expanding Brookfield <laughs> Kitchen. We have, there are at least 13 people who are invited. Yeah. And who has a... T- I'm, how how many people does your kitchen table take or your dining room table take? Six, 
six, either si- yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. Three, I'll, six. I'll do... No, no, eight. Oh, because you, you pull the leaves out. Three, and you've got... But have you do do you if you take eight, do you have to get uh, a chair from the spare room, like a little kiddie's yes. chair? Yes, a chair from the cellar. Yes, and the wobbly yeah. one that only a child can sit on, otherwise the legs go funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then this. Then suddenly they're, they're starting to build a milking parlour from, from nowhere. Yes. Did, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Where's the planning permission? Oh, but if it's within the existing structure, you don't need it. Ah. Oh. So it's. Oh. Okay. Right. So they're just they're ripping out, they're gutting the the, the original milking parlour, and then they're putting in new equipment. Okay. All right. All right. Right. That, that's cleared that up for me. Any other any other queries or things that have cropped up before we do our caller inneries? Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay, I am very much looking forward, though, as mm-hmm. I think the rest of the Twitters are, judging by the Twitters, um, to Kate coming back and realising she's got nowhere to live. <laughs> and I do hope yeah. that even... Um, uh, even though uh, they they're not going to move and they're going to stay in home farm, I still hope that when she says I'm coming back, they say you can't. We, you, we we've sold your room or we've put it on Airbnb or something. Sod off. So she still has to go and um, uh, go and do something. Go and go and go and live with someone else. Bloody. And woman. speaking of the Aldridges, home farm and Twitter, um, lots of people are saying why haven't they moved into one of the holiday cottages? Yes. Because yes. there, there were what there were three of them maybe. Yes, I guess yes. Um, Alice and Chris Alice lives in one. Yeah, Kate lives in the one that she owns, and Jenny rents out the other one. Yeah. So yeah, just live in. Or that. did did live in it, but then started renting it out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the whole was... the whole storyline is nuts. Yeah, it really is crazy. The sooner it stops, the better. Right. Okay, can we have a few caller inners? Yes, marvellous. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. And our first festive caller inner this week is Sarah Brown. Hello, lovely Dumpty Dummers, and happy Christmas and all of that. It is Sarah Brown here. I haven't called for quite some time. I'm the loyalist Archer's listener ever, I'm sure. I'm extremely tolerant of everything that goes on in the programme. I don't step back and make lots of criticisms about whether the storylines are accurate or whether they're believable or not, because it is my go-to piece of fantasy twice a day. And quite often I listen to it all over again on a Sunday morning. So I kind of let things go and I was very, very gripped and excited by the story about Helen and the ghastly man because that was perfect and I'm really just happy to go with the flow. So all you scriptwriters out there and editors and people like that, just keep up the good work. I think I once said, in fact quite recently in a tweet, I said something like, it's a serious bit of fun, not social engineering. Um, I'm not suspicious of every single character who fronts up and thinks, oh, they must be another Rob Titchener. Oh, they must be this, they must be that. I think it's all darn good stuff. So keep it going and keep enjoying it and keep up your wonderful, hilarious, silly, nonsensical, gorgeous, warm, 
podcasting. Happy Christmas to all of you and see you well into the new year and beyond. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Sarah. But I think you've called into the wrong podcast. Uh, <laughs> but that was you what don't, she, You she, don't she, criticise the archers. She's saying she's being what you're supposed to be. You said that yes. you wanted to be more positive about the archers, and Sarah is. Yeah. Well, oh, Sarah, right, it's, it's harder than I thought. <laughs> After five minutes, I've turned around. I have to say, Sarah does sound like she should be a Radio 4 announcer. I know. It's continuity, yes. Gorgeous voice. Keep calling in with your gorgeous voice, Sarah. And um, Sarah, not Sarah. Sa- no, she said Sarah. I've Did said you? Sarah, Sarah. Yes, it's spelt Sarah, but she said Sarah. I can play it again if you like. Listen. Hello, lovely Dumpty Dummers, and happy Christmas and all of that. It is Sarah Brown here. Oh, I've I been calling her Sarah for years. Sorry. And, well, it's Sarah, spelled Sarah. that way. It's, it's really confusing, isn't it? With now, the, I've the got H a friend spelled H. Sarah who's Sarah. Yeah, it's... Yes. Somebody yeah, we'll, we'll try to remember, and yes. I, I called you Sarah to begin with, but then called you Sarah, so I apologise. But everyone calls me Robert, and it's <laughs> Robert. I don't know whether you've noticed that, but there's no A in it at all. Yes, but you know why we call you Robert. I do, yes. yes. I'm, I'm only jesting. Stop being coy, Robert. Oh, I can't help being coy. I was born that way, my dear. Now, uh, <laughs> we have a regular, almost an institution. It's Mr. Witherspoon. Greetings, Lucy, Robert, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing everyone in our great big family a very happy Christmas. But will it be a happy Christmas for the Pargeter family? Probably not. Not. Thursday's episode was great, by the way. Freddie in jail, Elizabeth having a full-blown panic attack. She also has an ICD, Implantable Cardioverter Defibrillator. Who knew? When did that happen? Lily running around like a chicken without a head while trying to put out fires at Lower Loxley. That's a lot of pressure on the head of a 19-year-old. Then there's Russ. While we heard him come through in a crisis and be supportive of Elizabeth, it's also time to learn a new Yiddish word. Schnorrer. Schnorrer means beggar or sponger, a sly chiseler who will get money out of his acquaintances any way he can. Often through an air of entitlement, a schnorrer is distinguished from an ordinary beggar by dint of his boundless chutzpah. Like Moocher, schnorrer does not apply to direct begging or destitution, but rather a habit of getting things by politely or insistently borrowing them with no intention of return. That's all from Wikipedia, by the way. And to top it off, Russ threw a little pity party for himself when Lily tried to apologize. So it would seem that Lily is not going anywhere, and she and Russ will be residing in Lower Loxley for the indefinite future. I can't wait until Russ welcomes Freddie home sometime in the spring. And I also can't wait for Christmas dinner at Brookfield. And I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas dinner as well. Talk to you soon. Thank you. I could hear Thank bells you. in the background there. I don't know whether he was next to a cathedral. No, that was um, tinnitus, love. Oh, was it? All right. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll make an adjust, adjustment to my equalisation on my microphone. Um, the panic attack. Yeah. Was a bit. I, am I alone in thinking it was slightly comical? Yes, you are, Robert. <laughs> you yes, are alone. Yes, you are, Robert. Why was it, it was comical kind of, and horrible? It was, it was kind of... Comical in that kind of macabre sense because Russ was the first time I heard it because I, I listened twice. 
Uh, and if I'm getting things the wrong way around, it's because I listened day by day this week. And then this morning, I listened to each podcast in turn, except I think I listened to Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Friday, Thursday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. <laughs> so right, right. Everything is ass about face at the moment for me. But I, when I heard it the first time, I thought, oh, oh, people are unfair about Russ. He seems really kind and considerate. And then when I listened today, oh, God, he was so creepy mm. when he was trying to calm her down. And, yeah. Oh, gave me the collie wobbles. Yeah. But the yeah. heart thing. The heart thing, Lizzie had that implanted. Was it before or after Nigel fell off the roof? I think it was before, wasn't it? Because when, when she was pregnant with the twins, it was a bit sort of worrying whether or not she'd survive because um, it was going to put a lot of strain on her heart. So whether it was when she was pregnant was with them, that. I don't know. Because I it? remember having her having it fitted because she couldn't drive for a while, could she? Ah, she okay. was passing out. Right. So that might have been about eight, ten years ago, ah. just when I started listening full-time rather right. than dipping in and out. Okay. So that means that Witherspoon hasn't been listening that long. I thought that was a very good representation of a panic attack. Okay. I've I've only ever had one. Yeah, I've had and that two. Was, uh, this morning when, when the microphone wasn't working. No, it was... It was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a very loud buzz on my microphone. I've had to swap cables. Anyway, you don't want to know about that. Um, yeah, years, years and years ago, about oh, 20 years ago. But that feeling ago. of claustrophobia and that you're, you know, the room's getting hotter and that your clothes mm. are getting tight, you know, you're wearing too many clothes okay. and everything. And Yeah. Well, mine I've... just came on really quickly out of the blue and I and I just, I, it was the breathing thing and that was it. Mm. And I managed to calm down, but... Um, Okay, I'm I'm wrong again. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the pa the panic attack wasn't comical. I think Russ was comical yes. in oh. his, you know, his kind of just the important thing is that you breathe. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I've done this for many of my students in the past, yes. and it's not the only thing you've done to your yes. students in the past. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're doing no. I suggest you, you take your blouse off, Elizabeth, and. Um, <laughs> Loosen yes. your bra. Oh, it looks like a <laughs> looks like a Chaucerian bottom. <laughs> Even though it's not a G cup. Did we establish whose bra that was, by the way? The G cup. Um, a double G cup, I think it was. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, we didn't know because Jazza was quite keen to find out. And they said <laughs> that it came from a second-hand shop or something. Okay, fair enough. Right. Anything else? No. Who's we'll next? Move on. I think we should have uh, Andrew Horn. Greetings, Earthlings. It's Andrew Horn here, wishing you all a very Merry Christmas or holidays or whatever you're going to be doing over the next uh, week or so. I know a lot of people recently have been complaining that the scripts haven't really gone anywhere. And we have indeed been in a bit of a holding pattern, but I think that sets us up beautifully for the holiday period and some storylines that can be brought together. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions here, well, not any major ones, but in, in relation to the missing bottom, I think that <laughs> Ben and Ruaruari are somewhere there. Um, hopefully Harrison will uh, look for that and solve a crime since he still hasn't found the bunting. Um, but anyway... I'm sure it will unfurl in the coming weeks. Have a great time and speak to you all on the other side. Bye. 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 I don't think it's it's 
Rory and Ben that's taken the bra. I, I think it is the same person who has the bunting. It'll be but an arse festooned who... with bunting. Maybe we yeah. have some a kleptomaniac in the village. I think maybe we do. Well, we said she's George Grundy, Nick the... Um, well, if he did, but he did. Uh, the uh, innocent <laughs> until proven guilty, but he did. Um, yeah. He nicked the, 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 the church roof money, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But George Grundy is not around. No. I mean, my money is still on Susan. I don't know why. It just is. No, give over. Oh, I bet the I bet the sheepdog puppy nicked it and they'll find it all in bits, shredded in bits. Or she'll be oh. running around with an arse or something. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. They won't, uh, like I said earlier, they, they won't find the bra and Harrison will have to bear his bottom right. in the barn. Yeah. And, and straw can be very scratchy, so he might have a few... <laughs> few scratches on his posterior. That's <laughs> my prediction. I can picture it now. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Merry Christmas to you, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andrew. And, uh, and we should move on to Paul now, who's uh, a second time caller in a room, but he's called in again this week. Oh, hello. It's uh, Paul Room again. No, I haven't phoned in Yonks and now having consecutive weeks. Uh, there's been no right you are's, but what pricked my ears was Elizabeth Pargeter because I've got a bit of an affinity with her. Not only do we both love camping, but I've also got an ICD in my chest, namely Ooh. an implantable cardioverter defibrillator to its friends. And when um, she had a funny do this week, whether it was a panic attack or an abnormal heart rhythm, it, um, it sort of uh, the scriptwriters laid it on with her crying off, lacers errors with. Uh, Lily, uh, perhaps she didn't want to go out and face crowds and was anxious uh, and Freddie had been uh, due a visit but she didn't want to go up there so whether, yeah, she was developing sort of panic attack type features uh, not wanting to go out but then uh, according to the ever-reliable Russ, she thought her ICD may have activated and apparently she's got a hospital appointment in the new year now to look into this um, what seemed a bit strange was that, um, yeah, Elizabeth had her ICD put in 2011. My first one was 2008. And even back then, the technology meant that instead of having to go to the hospital, if uh, there was an abnormal heart rhythm or something and thought it had worked, could just download it through a phone line. All very nice and modern. Didn't have to go, just put Blimey. a device to the chest and it would download the heart rhythm from that time. So why she didn't do that and has to go to the hospital, um, slightly odd. But So I'm looking forward to next week to see what the upshot of all this is. And yes, if she did have an odd heart rhythm and the ICD activated, then she can't drive for six months. So see if the script writers stick to that. We shall see. And happy Christmas to everyone and keep it all up. Bye. Bye. Happy Christmas. Well, Blimey, down the phone. Press yeah. one for the right atrium. Press two for the... <laughs> Do you want to restart your heart? Please press zero and hold for the operator. We're sorry, your call is important to us. Please... <laughs> Most people go to cardiac arrest when they're on some sort of waiting, bloody call waiting system anyway, so it's probably quite a good oh, idea. Oh, God, yes. I had an experience like that at work. Waiting, waiting online, on the phone, on the line for five minutes. And they mm -hmm. said, oh, I'm going to transfer you now. And then just cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> and 
that's five minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. The worst thing is that that thing, and I've actually done. I've had to. I had to record um, phone call waiting announcements when you say, "Yeah, your call is important to us," and you think, "No, because if it was, you would answer it, or you'd have <laughs> enough phone lines to deal with the volume of calls." Or we're experienced when you ring one number and it and it, every time it says. We're experiencing higher than normal call, and you think this isn't higher than this is normal. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> How true. Well, we never experience higher than normal levels of calls. Well, actually, some some weeks we, we do. do. Yes. We don't have enough time. Yes. Don't have enough time to fit them all in because we usually just do four or five. Oh, I want to ring a call centre where they pick up the phone really quickly and they say, oh, I'm glad you've called. It's been that boring waiting for the phone to ring. (laughs) What can I do? Oh, dear. But um, anyway, I won't have to do that because I'm off until the 3rd of January now. Way! I I was going to say, what happens to an Oxford college over Christmas? Does it all just go quiet? They all close, yeah. Okay. So what happens is we... we, the the No students are allowed to stay? Uh... They are in some of our buildings, but not. I think maybe some graduates maybe do stay. But what happens is that we have interviews in for for next year's entrance in December, and they they're for two weeks. So the students right. go, uh, and then straight away on the Sunday interviews start, and they last for two weeks, one and a half, two weeks. And uh, this year we had a couple of conferences that came in after that, and. Now we're closed. We cl- our last day was Friday, but I had Friday off, and we reopen on the third of January. So uh-huh. they just close it down, and there aren't even any porters. University security pop round to make sure it hasn't burnt down or no one's broken in and nicked all the silver. And uh, we forget about it for a couple of weeks, Aww. which is really nice. Yeah. Mm. Did you have to do a big Christmas lunch for all the students or anything? Yes, uh, we did that on November the 30th because oh. term, was re- term, term was really early this, this oh, year. Oh, I see. It's just weird. So they'd, mm. they'd all gone by the beginning of December. Right. So we have a tree. We've got a tree outside. We've got one in our cafe. And we had we had our staff Christmas party on the 14th of December, which is very good. Um, and I danced outrageously to its raining men at one stage. <laughs> Were you whirling your shirt over your head? <laughs> Not quite, no. Um, I was whirling and twirling. I, although I, I don't think I'd have got a seven from from right. Len. That right. shows how often I listen to Strictly Come Dancing, isn't it? Watch the, I'm still quoting Len, and he hasn't been on it for five years. No, I don't know, but yes. What happens to freelance writers over Christmas? Well, I had my Christmas do with the dog and the cat. That was good. Um, what? Say that well, again. I, well, I have to have a Chris, but because the dog and the cat are often used as script consultants if I'm writing something. Okay. So I read things out to them and say, what do you reckon? And if they both turn around and walk off, I take that as a, as a no. <laughs> um, so we had, uh, we had a, a, small, uh, a small glass of sherry together, I did, uh, with, with the dog and the cat. And then um, we, all, we had exchanged presents and uh, that was it, really. Yes. Okay. I, I presume the dog didn't eat a mince pie. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. Good. He's actually got some dog biscuits as a present under the tree, but he's too thick to work out where the smell's coming from. <laughs> so he just keeps walking into the room and looking a bit thoughtful and then walking off again, trying to find out where they are without thinking. Maybe I should follow my, my you know, trained hunting instincts and track down these elusive biscuits. <sighs> anyway. 
Yes. Never mind. You'll have to open them for him, I guess, won't you? Yes. Right. I think that brings us to the end of our caller inners. Does it? I think so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you one and all. And yes. uh, we await to see who calls in next week and what happens next week. Time for a quick break before we have the social media roundup with Yoko Bear. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, it's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. Um, and first of all, I want to say a big continued thank you to Stuart Arundale, who's been doing our Dumpty Dum Canterbury Tales Advent Calendar on the Facebook page. We spoke about a lot of things this week, but one of the things we talked about was um, Pat and that whole present for Natasha. Um, about kind of how much on the tone deaf scale is Pat at the moment. Spoiler, probably quite a lot. People had views on this. Laura Joe said, so Pat hasn't changed then. She's never been particularly attuned to, to Helen. Remember the whole Rob episode, not letting Helen drive whilst pregnant? Rob Williams took a very hard line. If Pat was my mother, it'll be Argos' lucky dip for her Christmas presents from now on. Yes, and I absolutely agree. I think she was being... She just wasn't thinking about Helen at all there, was she? Uh, mind you, Thea Cochran reckons is, um, there's a reason for this, which uh, she says is being tone deaf is basically a character trait for Pat at this point. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, Thea. Um, but also, I think the best comment we had on this was from Franklin Habit. And I got to say, Franklin, you give good post. But I'm going to read this one out in full because it's uh, Franklin's posted a little bit of script, um, which uh, goes like this. Pat, oh, this is perfect. I'll give Natasha this piece of expensive tap that I've never worn. Helen, I bought that for you. Pat, it will be perfect for that extremely successful businesswoman who doesn't have two kids and no husband. Helen, it took me four years to track down that silver charm. Pat, 
and it's so beautiful too. She could easily be, uh, she's so beautiful too, she could easily be a fashion model if she weren't so busy making money from her amazing businesses. Helen, I cut my hair off and sold, and sold it to pay for that. Pat, I know she'll finally make something of this wretched farm when she inherits it. Um, Helen, I make good cheese, mummy. Please tell me I make good cheese. Pat, we'll talk later, darling. I've got an appointment to have Natasha's face uh, tattooed on my ass. Franklin, I think you summed the whole thing up perfectly. But this got us to thinking about gift panic. Have you ever um, really misjudged the quality of gifts to be exchanged? Or have you been given a gift that you think somebody's really misjudged? And we had some great stories. Rachel Kennedy said, my dearest, gran my dearest granny was worried about me being cold when we moved into our new home without any heating. So she sent me a thermal vest with a note pinned onto it saying that she was sorry that she hadn't had time to wash it. But it was really the thought that counted. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Rachel. Ooh. Um, Linwen Davison said, My great aunt Jessica once gave me one half of a pair of leg warmers. My sister got the others. We can only assume she thought they were muffs. Which I find hilarious, and also because we do like a good um, double entendre on Dumpty Dum. That post contained the word muffs. <laughs> Zoe Picton said, my very eccentric mum, um, once in a panic, thought she'd best give a good friend of mine a present. She gift-wrapped four cotton buds and gave them to her, and not as a joke. Well, that would have been quite underwhelming, Zoe, wouldn't it? And uh, Mickey Chase said, The first Christmas with my husband, my mother-in-law gave me a fly swatter. Just a fly swatter. <laughs> and Joe Harmer said, My Auntie Betty gave me two left feet bunny slippers for Christmas when I was about seven. But my mum made me wear them until I grew out of them so as to not upset her. God, that must have been uncomfortable, Joe. But anyway, back to our favourite uh, docudrama. I posted something this week saying I'm rather enjoying the uh, the Rory and Ben bromance. Um, especially the bit where they found out about Russ being Lily's, um, Lily's boyfriend. Um, but other people didn't really agree. Um, Kate Nichols said, it grates on me. Maybe one of them will talk to adults in a mature way. But both Ben and Rory are chatty and helpful all of the time. And this is not the way that most boys are this age. And our very own Witherspoon says, oh, totally dislike Rory. Um, maybe if he were actually in his mid-twenties as the actor who plays him, I might feel differently, but Rory's just turned 16. The, thus, the conversations he has with the others, whether it be Ben or Brian, feel inauthentic. And a lot of people keep, seem to think that as well. And I don't know whether they've misjudged the whole age thing, but I, I am enjoying some of the interactions and I can't wait for Brookfield on Christmas Day. Um, and talking of which, we're going to end by talking about what might be coming up at Christmas. I asked, what's your predictions for, for the Brookfield, or should we say Brickfield, Christmas dinner? Fiona Sexton said, Russ, Shula, and some mistletoe. <laughs> Andrea Lambrell said, Russ will have seven different kinds of boot prints on his ass, and Lily's will be one of them. Mia Fox said something that a lot of people have been thinking. It said, without a doubt, Lizzie and Russ will have a snog. Ooh. 
Yeah, don't want to think about that, actually, Mia. Um, Marie Harris thought more practically they won't have enough chairs, to which our own naked fingers, Robert Wilson, said, DFS doesn't have enough chairs for the number of, number of people that Jill has invited. And Marie Harrison, in reply, again, just said, there's no way Brookfield has enough chairs, enough crockery and silverware to cater for the 435 guests they're having over for dinner. Finally, let's end with a Christmas mystery. What's happened to the fake derriere? Has it been stolen? What a cheek! Will Harrison be up at the crack of dawn trying to get to the bottom of it? Will he fail to find it like the bunting or just make an ass of himself? Jean Bell said he she thinks Harrison's going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, Paul Schluss said the rehearsals must be falling further behind. And... Um, Pat Ralph uh, Hanavan said, who volunteers, who volunteers to submit a bumty bum for this week's episode of the podcast? And I think, given the fact that this is the last dumpty dum before Christmas, I think the fact that we've had a lot of, lots of double entendres in there is just brilliant. So anyway, that's me done. Um, and I just want to wish everyone a massive great happy christmas from myself millie bell and with a spoon on the socials hope you have a marvelous time hope your stockings get well and truly filled and with that note i'm going to eat another mince pie goodbye thanks for that yokel bear uh lucy do yes. you want to hit us with some yes. tweets of the week oh before i do sorry mm-hmm. um we've got a competition a festive competition uh, oh yes, we've got a quiz, haven't we? Yes, it's a Christmas quizette. Um, the winner gets a mug and a t-shirt, and you have to email your answers to royfield at gmail dot com. So that's r o i f i e l d at gmail dot com. Uh, yes, and uh, okay. Questions asked. Number one: Which caller-innerer has appeared on the most Dumpty Dums? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, which countries have hosted Dumpty Dum meetups? Number, that's a hard one. Three, because okay. we might not know. Which goddess <laughs> was a regular caller in in the early days of the podcast? Number four, which archer's actor has appeared on the most Dumpty Dums? I know that one. Mm-hmm. Number five, Witherspoon lives in which US city? Number six, who is the podcast's favourite auntie? Number seven, which of the following countries has not had a caller in to date? Spain, Bulgaria, Denmark or New Zealand? I've lost count. Number possibly eight. eight. Thank you. Whose grandma used to drink camp coffee? Number nine, which four-legged animals are afforded special status as Dumpty Dum listeners? Number 10, Mary Not Contrary was one of the first regular caller in to the show. What city does she live in? And number 11, what index have callers used to measure the popularity of cordial sales throughout the world? Why are the 11 questions? I know. It's... I don't know. Did, did we get the numbering one? One, two. No, no, three, it's right. It's four, just five, six, eight. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I've put numbers next to, to yes. my copy here. So I, I don't can... know. Because well, because a I'm normal quiz would have ten questions, so of course we have to have eleven. That's why. Because we're one better. We're one exactly. Because 
we go up to 11. Okay, very good. Just like oh. the BBC iPlayer. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of uh, uh, Dumpty Dum mugs, which uh, the, the winner of this competition will receive, uh, we have lots of stuff including mugs, on offer at the Dumpty Dum shop. Just go to dumptydum.com and follow the link through to the shop. And the delivery charges have been slashed. Yay! Slashed! That's good. Slashed. And um, it's actually free for orders over £40. And that's on worldwide delivery. So there are T-shirts and mugs and bags and... um, ICD covers and things like that. No, there aren't. There aren't any kind of medical devices at all. On offer. <laughs> I'm just lying. Just lying. So go along to the, the Dumpty Dum shop through the Dumpty Dum website. And um, it's not too late to buy for Christmas 2019. Um, but it's far too late to buy for Christmas 2018. So it'll have to be a, an Easter present or a Valentine's present for your loved one. There we are. I've done my, I've done my bit now. Um, it's Should time you did the tweets now? of the week now. Do the tweets okay. of the week now. Kerry Warbis. No. Henry's not allowed buckaroo or kaplunk because they are too exciting and violent and fun and gamey. I have bought him a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you could have someone's eye out with that. <laughs> Leonard Odyssean. I, this is quite a cross tweet. I really am sick to death of attempts at humour in the Archers. If I want humour, I listen to Jacob Rees-Mogg. <laughs> <laughs> Finley McIntyre one. I don't know what this was about, but it just made me laugh out loud. Hello, Kate, we've just bulldozed your yurts. <laughs> um, Her Holiness Pope Mrs. Trellis I said, had Chris saying, I want to stay here, Peggy. But why, Chris? Well, it's nice and safe. Safe? Yes. You mean there's no Hilda, don't you? Well, let's be honest, Peggy, it's not easy sharing a cottage with a fucking velociraptor. (laughs) (laughs) And tweet of the week, tweet of Christmas is from Paul Truman, who said, Whenever anyone slates the archers as middle class rural fantasy, I simply tell them about the current main plot line where all of Ambridge (laughs) rallies round to put on an ambitious production of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales in a barn in time for Christmas. They soon change their tune. I was laughing before you finished reading that because I I read that myself. (laughs) That was class. Absolute class. Thank you very much. Now, if you want to make a little Christmas or New Year donation to Dumpty Dum to keep it going, to buy us new pink fluffy headphones or even a new microphone cable for me, go along to patreon.com. You can donate as little as a couple of quid per show. Everything goes towards putting this spectacular which together which is uh, more complicated than doing the canterbury tales and uh, far less tedious it so, might sound like pay- bollocks but it don't come cheap this bollocks you know no, no i mean i i have to admit listener that i had a very small glass of wine while doing this very small and that doesn't you can hear it there in the background it, I, I wouldn't normally do it, but it is Christmas. Yeah, and it's Robert's bar bill alone clears us out on a regular basis. Can we? Just hang say? on, hang on. <laughs> Come on. That's not true. That's not true. Do you know what? No. Do, do you want to hear something really pitiful? Go on. I'm then. sure you do. Something else, apart from the podcast, something else really pitiful. Right. My headphones are now so old that when I do the podcast, I take them off because you know your ears start to feel a bit like deviled kidneys, as Tony Hancock said after a while yeah. when you've been wearing headphones. You take, I take my headphones off and I go downstairs or I go off and do something and the children say to me, 
mummy, you've got black ears again. And all the foam <laughs> stuff from my oh, yeah. headphones comes off. And the amount of times I've gone out and it hasn't been till I've come back in again and children have said, <laughs> mum, and I've realised I've got two black ears. So, yes, if you could if you, if you could cough up for me to not have black ears as a result of doing Dumpty Dum, that would be great. Thank exactly. you. So to donate to Lucy's new ear, earphone muffs, go to patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Dumpty Dum. There we are. Right. I think that's about it. That's enough plugging and begging, isn't it? All right. I guess uh, we'll, we'll round everything off by wishing everyone a happy Christmas, but not yes. a happy new year, because we'll be back next week to wish you a happy new year. So remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 02030313105. That's 02030313105 to leave a message. You can find us all at Twitter and that's, or on Twitter even, and that's at Dumpty Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield is at Royfield, R-O-I-F-I. E-L-D, and I am at Naked Fingers. And that is it. And also, if you're having, for any reason, a tough time over Christmas, if the stress gets to you or any of the nonsense gets to you, then um, have a listen to The Archers and go on our forum and just start a conversation about anything you feel like. Um, yeah. doesn't even have to be about The Archers, really. Just have a moan. That's fine. Because you know that... All our Dumpty Dummers are sympathetic and slightly eccentric people and we're trying not to be judgy, judgy. So apart from about the archers, obviously, where we're judgy as anything, but, you know. Um, so, yes, if you're having a hard time, then you can always go there and find fellow uh, fellow loons waiting for a nice chat. Absolutely. Not everyone enjoys Christmas and you don't have to. You don't need to feel bad about not liking Christmas. God, we're so grumpy, aren't we? <laughs> But we're lovable grumps. Yeah. All right. That's it. Farewell. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.